does your business attract the wrong kind of people? Does your business attract the kind of clients that you don't really like working with? Well, I know exactly how that feels if that's the case, because as a matter of fact, I used to feel the same way. So let me tell you my story real quick, and then I'll give you a couple of quick strategies that you can implement today to start getting better and higher quality clients that will not suck the life out of you and that will make your life even better. And uh, yeah, let's get started. So my name is Michael Kolb, and uh, years and years and years ago, um, my father used to work as a insurance salesman because that's what his father used to do. You know, that was kind of a family thing. <laughs> and uh, he used to work as an insurance salesman. And then one day, you know, I was just a teenager back then, and my dad's discovered that his company was actually not paying out insurance to their clients. Like, their clients who were insured, they got in some accidents, and uh, the superior, his superiors told him, that, look, we can't pay our clients because, like, we got to crunch the numbers and the company's not making enough profit. So we kind of, you know, we need to, like, basically the company was scamming their clients out of, like, health insurance. And it was, like, super messed up. And my dad was like, all right, I got to quit my job. Like, this is BS. I'm not going to support that. That's not what I sent for. So, uh, you know, he uh, he packed his stuff and he quit. And, um it was an interesting situation because he didn't have anything lined up other than his passion, which was, he was really passionate about radio controlled models, toys, you know, airplanes, cars, that you control with a, with a remote. And that was my hobby at the time. That was the thing that connected me and my father. And when he saw how much joy it gave us, not just me, but us, like a connection, you know, between father and son. When he saw that, he was like, man, I wonder if I could sell that to other people. I wonder if, wouldn't it be nice if other families could enjoy that, you know, with their children, create that connection and have a passion. And like these toys were, were more than just toys. And he saw that and he was like, man, I wonder if I could turn it into a business. So, uh, so he did. And because that was my passion, you know, that was my great life's greatest passion at that time. Uh, I got involved in that business and I got involved in that business like big time uh, working there every single day after school I literally got home and other kids were like playing soccer and chasing girls and I would just sit at home and figure out how to run more traffic in Google AdSense you know back then or AdWords whatever it was and uh, I was just growing that business for many 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 years it was our family business and then gradually, my dad started to, to kind of step away from the business as it grew because, you know, he was passionate about what we were selling, but he was he was not passionate about selling particularly and not passionate about marketing. You know, we grew up in Eastern Europe and and he was never a big fan of like capitalism and all that kind of stuff. So, so he always had some sort of, you know, like limiting beliefs about sales and he never wanted to grow the company like too big. Meanwhile, I had big dreams. I wanted to grow the business. I loved it. And, you know, it was like we were like international partnerships and stuff like that. So he kind of uh, stepped away as I, you know, I moved into my 20s. And uh, I was running the business full time. I was managing the company, managing multiple offices that I, you know, created and uh, multiple retail stores and an online shop. And I created one of the first, you know, like funnels <laughs> in, in, in my country. And that was back when Russell was still in you know, wrestling in high school. But uh, yeah, it was tough because 
at one point in 2008, man, we got hit hard by the financial crisis. Like the majority of our clients were, you know, higher income individuals who were able to afford things that we were selling. We were selling high ticket products. These were not cheap toys. These were, you know, these were not, we were not calling them toys. As a matter of fact, they, they were like artisan kind of piece of, you know, like they were almost uh, high, high ticket uh, hobby equipment, we would call them, right? So we were selling them for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars a piece. So uh, our, as you can imagine, our target audience were people in the higher income brackets and they got hit hard at, after 2008. Mainly we were selling stuff to doctors. We had a huge funnel that we were selling to like MDs, you know, medical doctors and people with like medical practices, uh, mainly because I had a decent network there and they had a lot of money. Problem was the country we were running the business, we were running the business at the time, it was Poland. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of doctors have migrated from Poland to countries like UK, Germany, US, the US for in search for higher pay because the economy was crumbling there in Eastern Europe. And so was our business, <laughs> you know, man, it was really hard. I really wanted to grow my business. And to be honest, not just I didn't want to just like make more money, but I always want also wanted to to prove to my dad that I was able to not only sustain the business after he's like stepped away, but also grow it and, you know, be worthy, really. And uh, so, you know, I did my best. We set up a, like multiple different funnels. I ran ads and TV. Man, some of them flopped. I spent so much money on that. I ran direct mail packages, like all kinds of stuff that tested everything. And that was that was way before Facebook was a thing. That was way before Facebook existed. And uh, yeah, we, you know, we did all kinds of stuff to get traffic, to grow the business. And it was really hard and it was, uh, it was getting stressful. And at one point we decided to pivot. We needed more, a different audience, let's say, because our audience kind of migrated out of our country. So we were like, okay, what else can we sell? Who else can we attract? So we started to sell... Um, Airsoft guns, like these kind of pellet uh, rifles and, and, and pistols, like, you know, toys, right? But for, for people who are passionate about military stuff and all, all that kind of thing. So well, we, we kind of started to sell this as our offer kind of shrunk, uh, you know, because less and less people were buying our, our main core offer and... Uh, you know, the models were real expensive, the, the toys were really expensive. However, the airsoft guns were somewhat lower ticket and we were able to sell them at a the higher volume. So therefore it made sense, right? On paper, it looked like a great decision and we made some money. We, you know, we survived. First, first of all, we did survive 2008 and I can, I wear that as a badge of honor because in Eastern Europe, that was hard, man. That was really for online businesses. That was like an apocalypse, you know, and not just 2008, 9, 10, 12, 11, you know, all the years after that were really tough. Uh, the, 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 the fallout of all the, all the situation in 2008 was really harsh in Europe. So we survived and we managed to, to grow the business and grow our bottom line as well. However, a weird thing started to happen. We also, when we changed our wares, 
we also started to attract a different type of customer. A customer that was not passionate about the things that we were passionate about, you see. A customer that was passionate about these these guns and more like meathead type of, of clients, you know, like for lack of a better term. Just uh, people who are not into like so much playing with their kids with this thing, but rather like doing bad stuff for no reason. Like it's hard to explain, but we just started to attract a completely different type of a customer that was and that was stressing us out, man. That was so stressful. And suddenly, like, we were starting to lose our passion for that business. And even though we were making money, even though, you know, we were kind of growing the company, things were going okay, um, we just, man, it was just way stre- way too stressful. And uh, at that time, uh, my dad got sick. Uh, he was, you know, he, he went to the hospital with, like, chest pain or whatever. And uh, the next day, or a couple days later, actually, he came back back from the hospital and uh with a with a paper right so i remember this actually i was sitting at home i was living living with my parents of mid-20s um they came home and my mom was crying and my dad was just not saying anything at all which was weird my dad's really talkative like extroverted so i was sitting at a table in the kitchen and uh, they came home, my mom was crying, and they brought this, he was holding this, my dad was holding this paper in his hand. And he uh, he put the paper on the table, the kitchen table. And I looked at the paper, what it was saying, and uh, that was like a document from, from the doctor's office. That It was like a diagnosis, like a long document, and it was basically saying that he got like lung cancer, right? And uh, man, that was, you know, my heart sunk because his dad my grandfather died of cancer so if my dad had cancer i'm like okay he's gone like it, that's it you know i had zero like i had really little hope and my dad didn't either so uh you know it was tough especially my mom and uh, we had a conversation with my dad where he like all right you know you know you know what's going to happen so uh here are all the passwords and uh take care of mom right really you know that was a man that was tough and i had the business to run still because you know my dad just like he was not working on the business anymore he was just like giving me coaching and that kind of stuff i was running the business but the business was the main source of income for our family and i you know but because my mom wasn't working because she was struggling with depression because of the whole thing and uh, i had to take care of my family with the business and the business was struggling and we were attracting weird customers and personal life was like destroyed. <laughs> like, oh my God. I was, dude, I was so overwhelmed. I had no idea what I'm going to do. I'm just, just a kid, you know, whatever, 25 years old or what. And, uh, man, that was tough. And then what happened is uh, we kind of, my dad wanted to move out to a countryside as he he had some like last wish kind of a thing right where uh they wanted to sell the house we sold the house they were living in and uh we sold we sold a part of the business we closed the business because it was just not bringing us the, the money that we wanted not bringing us the, the the freedom and joy that we wanted 
So we closed the business, shut everything down, and we moved out to the countryside. And uh, we bought a, a, like a huge piece, like a ranch, right? With my share, I bought a, a little piece of land nearby. So we had we had some land with a forest. And uh, yeah, my dad uh, basically became a beekeeper. And so did I. <laughs> Unexpectedly, I became a farmer. You know, he was like going to the doctor's office still. They had no idea what the hell's going on with him. Turns out it was not really like lung cancer. It was something with his heart, which was even more scary, to be honest. But they had still had no idea. He had like water in his heart. It was really weird. And uh, we moved out to this countryside thing. We bought this land. And uh, my dad was actually starting to get better. Coincidentally, right after we sold the business, you know, we shut down the business, right? We start, He started to get better. And believe me, if you have a business now that is not that you're not having fun and you're not enjoying it, it's literally killing you. Like it was literally killing my father. And me too. I was just younger. I was just able to withstand it. But it's it's just not a good way to live. So anyway, we moved out to this countryside and uh we started to you know, my, my dad became a beekeeper <laughs> and we started to sell honey. I still even though we were living this weird life where everything is organic and we don't like know what day of the week it is, <laughs> I would I barely knew what day of the like what month it was back then when we moved out to the, to the forest. Uh, because a farmer, you know, farmers live a really completely different lifestyle. They they count time in seasons, not necessarily in days or months. So I had no idea whether it was Monday or Wednesday. I mean, it made no difference at all. <laughs> I uh I only had to know when is the farmers market because that was my that was my funnel. <laughs> I sold honey on the farmers market. Man, made a decent amount of money from from that little business. So that was my my thing, but I I was kind of drawn to continue. I felt a call, you know, to to continue my entrepreneurial journey. I felt like man, this is nice, but it's not my thing. Like it may be good for my dad's health, and God bless him. You know my may he be happy but I felt like dude, I gotta move forward you know and uh yeah so I, I sold the honey I started to do some business with I started a business and as a matter of fact I started many different businesses back then uh I used to create like uh, create my own manufacturer my own uh, like organic pine syrup uh, syrup for for lung health and basically for my dad you know but it turns out that it was really tasty and really healthy and people loved it. So I sold bee pollen and all that kind of stuff. I had a, all kinds of farmers' businesses. But I, it never really, I never felt passionate about that. So at one point, I was like, okay, I got to get back into the online game. I can't sell honey online because of some weird EU laws. And besides, the profit margin was not good on it. And I, yeah, I was not passionate about it. You know, so I felt like, listen, this is this is all nice and, and dandy, but it's not my call, my not my calling. So, I uh, I started to write ads for people because I used to write ads for my own businesses in the past. I mean, I I, I wrote copy for my from for Google ads for television ads. I wrote scripts for my own ads. 
So I figured, man, I'm just going to become a copywriter, right? Just going to write ads for other people. And especially, this is, a, this is a profession that's always in demand, especially during times of economic downturn, because, you know, when the economy's not doing well, businesses want to make even more money, right? They, they need even better copy. So I just kind of, I, I got some clients, I got some clients quickly and started to, to write copy for them. But the thing that I've noticed is that most people don't really, like they think they need better copy, but what they actually need is guidance on how to use that copy, like how to leverage it to get better clients and how to get more clients, you see. So the big mistake I see people make when they're working, so working with life for years, they think they need, like people need, think they need some sort of a, like a new sales letter that's going to solve all their problems or a new webinar script. But what they really need is like a holistic view of how all their funnel works. You know, they, they just need to get a whiteboard and get a like a good solid coach consultant that will come to your business and say, here, listen, you need to focus on this and this and this, and not just on, on, on a couple of ads because that's not gonna change your life or change your business. But well, that's what clients wanted, so, I wrote, you know, I wrote copy for years and I worked with, with, uh, with some big companies, with some, some small companies, with some medium-sized businesses. And, um, yeah, that was really fun. I worked as a consultant as well for, uh, for, well, for one of the best marketing, com- uh, agencies in the world, uh, organizing the biggest crowdfunding summit in the world that was two years ago and then working with some thought leaders and some some bigger names in the in the industry it was really fun and i have achieved a certain level of you know financial security and i can i can i can be able i can i you know i can safely say that i feel proud of what i've accomplished and and it's it's all, all nice but i just don't feel like that's the end of the line you know what i mean i feel like most of my clients for consulting they just need more than that they need more than the script they need more than the copy you know they need to be able to overcome certain limiting beliefs they need to be they need structure first of all a system that will not just get them better more clients you see people think they need more clients no they need more and better clients so when people when you know when clients come to me and they say Michael I need more clients usually they need more and better clients just like the business I was you know I had uh I thought I needed more but what I really needed was better clients you see so that's what I want to do now after all this this achievement and transformation uh and all this journey I don't want to just help people get more clients because look, a monkey can get more traffic. You know, you can take copy and paste the best performing script and get better conversions, okay? But you're only going to attract more of the same. But what you really need is more of better, not just more clients, but more and better clients. So that's what I'm re- personally realizing in my own business as I'm restructuring it right now. And that's what, what I want to help people accomplish because I see this all the time. 
Every single business has the same issue. They don't just need more clients. They need more and better clients. And it's not just about funnel work. It's not just about ads. It, of course, all these things are important. Better copy is important. Better emails, better sales letters are important. But what's most important is that you're happy in your business. Because, listen, the number one reason businesses fail is not because of lack of revenue. It's because of a lack of enthusiasm of the business owner. It's because the, the business owner had lost all their passion about it, you see. I, personally, I could I could still, you know, I could still be running my old business. I mean, I closed it years and years ago, but I could, I could still run it at a really, really decent profit. But for what? To, you know, to get cancer and die? <laughs> like, that's not a good deal. Not a good trade, if you ask me. No, you gotta be, you gotta do what makes you happy, man. Yeah, bottom line, you need to structure your business in a way that makes you happy. And that's not gonna happen if you're attracting douchebag clients that you hate. That's not gonna happen if you attract vampire clients that suck your energy. That's not gonna happen if the clients are just a bad fit, you know? So bottom line is, you need to structure your business in a way like the, the first and the most important question is, who do you want to work with? Not, Michael, I need more clients. I might need to fix my funnel. Like, no, 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 no. That is all secondary to this one thing. Who do you want to work with? Who is your really like ideal client? And what if I told you that you could be best friends with your clients? Like, imagine your clients are not just your clients, but they're like literally your best friends. Like you're on WhatsApp, talking with them, sharing memes and just jokes, calling each other in the weekend, you know, like, sure, have some boundaries between like professional, personal relationship. There are people have different preferences about that. But just imagine if you could have, if you could meet your clients in real life, would you like say hi and run away? Or would you want to hang out with them? So what I want to help you is to help you find people that you would want to hang out with, that you would want to say hi to, that you would want them to say hi to you and, and talk to, you know, talk to you. So that's the goal. The goal is not just, oh, my, more clients, more money, more clients, more money. That is all nice and that will come as soon as we can figure out who do you want to work with, you know, who's your ideal client. And believe me, you can find them. There are, dude, there are billions, like little billions of people on the internet you really don't think you can find some weirdos who are just like you <laughs> i know i can so look everybody's got their match and everybody will find their perfect clients but they won't until they get clarity on this one thing who do you want to work with and then structure your messaging in a way that attracts these people and repels people who are not a good fit See, this is the one trick. This is the title of the episode. You want to structure your messaging in a way that attracts the right people, okay? But also repels the wrong people. What that means is you want to be repulsive to the wrong people. See, what this is what, what people are afraid of. They're afraid of being edgy. They're afraid of having taking a stand. Well, in the age of, of fake gurus and fake everything and, and fake influencers, people are all really tired of that crap. They want to see the real you. 
Do you want to see your, your you know, your uh, attempts and failures and journey? They don't want to look at mysticism as perfect. Nobody wants to see that. Believe me, they're tired of it. All right. They want. They don't want to see you in another Lambo like that. If you have one, good for you. But that's not what they want to see. You know. So. Yeah, that's that's really it for today. Create your messaging in a way that attracts your ideal clients and repels the people you don't want to work with because the worst thing you can create is a business you hate because you're going to be miserable. You'll be swimming in money, but you'll be miserable. Believe me, I've been there. It's not good. So, yeah, yeah, that's all there is to it. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about how to do that, Check out funnelsandfreedom.com. It's funnelsandfreedom.com. There's a free report that will help you identify a source of hidden profits in your business and help you get more and better clients for you and for your business. So yeah, I hope you liked this episode. My name is Michael Cole. And um, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about some of the secrets of how, how I grew my businesses in the past and how I will continue to do so in a way that doesn't just make more money and doesn't just get me more clients, but gets me the perfect kind of people that I really like and the people that really like me. And that's what I wish for you, my friend. So thank you for listening. Check out funnelsandfreedom.com and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.